This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 196 of the Laravel News Podcast. I'm Jake Bennett, and as always, this is my wonderful co-host, Mr. Aussie Millionaire, Mr. Michael Dorinda. Aussie Millionaire. Be nice. You know? I mean, yep. you know, it's probably only worth about, you know, a thousand US dollars, but sure. <laughs> hey, it's good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Hey, dude, it's good to be hanging out with you again, man. It's, it's nice. been a while. We've been uh, off air for a little bit here. It was sort of funny. <clears throat> you know, it's been four years since we've been in person at Alaricon. And so... Uh, there was a couple people who only recognized me by by my voice yeah. at Laracon this year. Yep, it was very funny. And um, also, you might notice my voice is a little bit strained today. Yeah, maybe you notice that. Maybe you it's don't. gone. Um, it's gone. It's it's on its way out. And uh, it's because we were at Cedar Point, which is an adventure amusement roller coaster park, for the last two days, and it was amazing. It was awesome. Had a really really good time. And um, rode a lot of big rides and screamed my head off and <laughs> lost my voice. So here we and, are uh, today. And had uh, a nodding acquaintance yeah. with the sun by the look of things. You're looking at, or it yes. might just be the oh, light yeah, in that cabin. Sure. It's, kind of, it's kind of a little bit of both. So I'm actually at my in-laws house today still. And uh, I'm, I'm hanging out in their camper out here. And so I'm chilling out in the camper. Everybody's sleeping. It's after midnight inside. And so I am uh, just enjoying the peace and quiet out here with the rain falling on the roof it's, it's pretty pretty nice. nice pretty chill here so hey, excellent yes well with that with that out of the way should we jump in we got a lot of yeah. stuff to cover today we are talking about what we're all here to hear about which is Laracon, yeah. right how did Laracon go all the fun things that happened while there and i wanted to mention real quick at the top of the show today is july 27th 2023 i always like to mention the the date and uh, we also want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, which is Honey Badger. So Honey Badger is error tracking and monitoring for all your Laravel applications, as well as cron monitoring, downtime monitoring, all sorts of things like that. Honey Badger is the place to go. Check them out at honeybadger.io. Speaking of shout outs, before we get into the recap of all things at Laracon yes. Universe, I have yes, yes. only seen one presentation from Laracon, and that is yours. Oh, man. And even though... That's an honor. What an honor. Even though you have been telling me about state <laughs> machines... For the last two years, maybe even three years, indeed, it was still the only one I wanted to watch. And I think between the knowledge that you have of of using it all this time and like trying to explain it orally on the podcast over and over, putting that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into a presentation in front of 800 people, I think as quick as it was, and I said this to you as... As much as you did your best Matt Stauffer impression talking 100 miles an hour <laughs> and, right. and yeah. what was it, something like 180 slides you had, just clicking through them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yep. as, as, quick, boom, boom, boom. as quick as it was and as much as there was, it was incredibly well put together. And I think you did a fantastic job. And Oh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. I thought after, like, this guy really was a teacher and he, and he really can. I think <laughs> it's, I think. I think it's a bit lost in in the audio form because especially the the types of things that we're trying to talk about it gets a bit lost when you can't sort of visually show some things that need that visual element and I think putting yeah. it up on that mm-hmm, stage sure. in front of the thing and the delivery and the content everything was just it was beautiful and you did a wonderful job and it, 
all of the speakers, I'm sure. I heard lots of positive things, but I'm I'm proud of you for getting the opportunity and getting up there and and you know, you were a teacher, so you you're used to it, but you also haven't been a teacher for a long time. So it was really nice to see you yeah, up there. True. Oh, dude, thank you so much. That's so kind of you to say that. And I'm really glad you got to watch it. I was so thankful for your early feedback too. That was that was pivotal for me to clarify a couple of those things. And yeah. uh Jason McCreary, TJ Miller, all the uh all David the Hemphill. Don't helpful... forget the hemp. David Hemphill. Oh no, for sure. David Hemphill. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I used a lot of the code from Push Silver that we mm-hmm. talked about beforehand to kind of guide the problem of the of the whole talk. And so no, it's it's so it was I was so grateful to be able to do it. So thankful that Taylor accepted the talk and so just glad to have a community of people to kind of rally around and give me the courage to do it. And then to give me the feedback to really make it what it was. And so, man, it was, it was a dream come true. It was a bucket list item for sure. And uh, my wife as well, she gave me so much time to work on that stupid thing in the last month and a half. I swear she was like flying solo with those kids for, for a while, you know, so she, she just was a rock star and uh, without her, I could have done any of it. So Thank you, Laura you've inspired Bennett. someone. You're the best. You've inspired at least one person because I, I saw that someone has made a package based on, yes. on what they learned from your, your talk. So good on you. Yeah. That's what you want yeah, to go I'm out excited to see and that do one. when you're presenting is you want to inspire people. You want to give them, right. give them you know, the, the motivation and the energy and the passion, which is, you know, that, that's what Laracon is all about. And that's all of the feedback, all of the tweets, all of the photos. You know, I felt that all the way over here not being able to attend and just, I was saying just before we started recording that I'm so jazzed for Laracon AU just to be able to absolutely get the community, you know, get the band back together and and have a great time over a few days with, you know, people that share that passion as well. So, yep. It's contagious. It's like you get a little bit of that and you're like, Oh man, we're going to do that again. Yeah. I'll do that again soon real quick. It was, it was a blast. And so I'm excited for you guys too. You're going to have so much fun and it'll be great to see everybody back together again. Anyway, good times. We should get on with this. Yeah. Should we jump into it? Yes, we should. We should. Okay, so we're going to basically, there are other items on the list that we wanted to talk about today, um, but the show is just going to take too long to make all that happen. So what we're going to do is we're pretty much just going to jump into all the things that happened at Laracon that we wanted to talk about that were released, that were uh, shown on stage, and talk about a couple of them. So we're going to start with PEST. So if you don't know what PEST is, PEST is a framework that sits on top of PHP Unit, a testing framework written by Nuno Maduro. And it gives you a great uh, fluent interface to, and it really takes care of a lot of the boilerplate that you have to do when you're setting up a PHP unit test. So loving Pest, have been using it for a little while here, not on all of our projects, but certainly on a lot of them. And uh, at Laracon on March 20th, 2023, Pest 2.0 was proudly introduced. And it was really funny because Nuno kept on saying, Oh, this this summer, coming this summer. And then after he got done with this whole presentation, and he said, and just as a present to the Laravel community, I want to make this available today. So he crossed out the summer thing and said today. Oh, it was a great surprise. Nice. It was awesome. Really, really cool. So um, there's more than 7 million downloads at the time of writing uh, this. So Pest has been uh, you know, really popular in the ecosystem recently. But this version showcased a remarkable architecture plugin, which we've heard a little bit about at Laravel India. Nuno talked about this a little bit. Uh, there's an 80% speed improvement in parallel testing, which is incredible. There's profiling options and numerous other features. So let's talk about some of the items that we have in here. So it's PEST version 2.9.0. So it's just a composer update away from you. It's not version 3.3.0, although it could have been, but there's no breaking changes, right? So 
here are some of the items that we have. So there's built-in snapshot testing. And this is for testing the long output of your code with ease. So there were some interesting uh, places that Nuno demoed this. But basically, this is a testing technique that allows you to assert that the output of a function or method hasn't changed. So it's a great way to test your code base to ensure your code isn't changing unexpectedly. Some people would call this like a spell check. But really, if you have like, here's the input, here's the expected output, snapshot, I just want to test to make sure that that continues to be the case moving forward. So instead of having to write a bunch of assertions on your own, you can just say, I know what the assertion should be. I just looked at it. It looks good. Snapshot that. Next time I run this, it should it should do the same thing. If it has changed, then we want, we want to be alerted on the testing side of things to say, was this intentional? Did you actually touch this file? Was mm -hmm. there something that you wanted to change in here? And if you didn't, then it's a good catch for you to say, okay, well, you know, you might want to look at some other side effects that are happening in another location of your code. It's affecting this code, right? Uh, now, if it is something that you touched that file intentionally, you can also just update the snapshots as well. So there's a couple examples given here. So as an example, let's say you have your contacts input and it outputs a certain HTML every time it runs. Uh, so you could write a test uh, that is something like this get contact and then expect the response to match snapshot. So the first time you run it, it creates a snapshot file inside of the tests.pest slash snapshots location with the content of that response. And then the next time it runs, it's going to compare the response with that snapshot file. And if it's different, it's going to fail. If the response is the same, the test will pass. So that's the basic, uh, that's the basic ex explanation of it. There's also this idea of describe blocks. And this is for grouping tests and sharing setup and teardown logic. So uh, this has been a highly requested feature since PEST was released. Uh, it's been a most one of the most, most requested features. Uh, and these are fundamental to any functional testing framework because they allow you to group tests and share setup and teardown logic, like we said. So uh, one of the things I wasn't aware of before, actually, you know how like when you have a PHP unit test and you have in the constructor, you do sort of some setup stuff that goes along with each of the tests in mm -hmm. that file. Well, you in, in PEST, I didn't understand how to do that. But all you have to do is you create a before each uh, method mm -hmm. and then you pass a closure and that will run before each one of the tests in this particular file. However, you can also use before each inside of a describe block. And that will what that will do is that will run its own before each on each of the little tests that are written within that. So let me let me do a, my best job of describing this here. If you think of like middleware groups, you can sort of think it like that, right? So if you have a, a couple of tests that go together that want to share a similar setup, but they are actually testing different things, you can use a describe block. You say describe off, and then you pass a closure. And then inside of that closure, you would say something like test, and then you would specify a more specific name along with that auth. So what this, the first one is it says test cannot log in when already logged in. Another one you might have in this block would be test can log out. And so what this looks like when you're running your tests is it says auth dot cannot log in when already logged in auth dot can log out. And the beauty of this is you can run a before each inside of that describe block that says something like, uh, I want to act as this user. And then each of those tests inside that describe block can use that setup function. Everything that's already set up in your application or in your test is available to you inside of those like subtests. You could think of it like that. It also is nice if you're trying to use these to do's, uh, which is a feature that has been introduced for a little while now. Pest, if you write arrow to do on the end of a test, it will in your tests to say, you know, five passed, two failed and three left to do sort of deal. So you can actually write arrow to do on the end of one of these describe blocks and it'll tell you that this group of tests still needs to be written. So 
if you're in the headspace of writing code and you're going to write tests after the fact, you can kind of, um, you know, just describe this block instead of having to write to do on every single one of them. You write the describe function. This is sort of the feature I'm working on auth. And as I'm thinking through this, writing the code, I know I'm going to have to test this. I'm going to have to test this. I'm going to have to test this. And at the end of that describe block, you just say, I need to, to do all of these instead of having to write to do on every one of them. There's a number of benefits to using this, but I, I'm trying to stay light on this. So you, you can take a look at that, um, watch, the co- watch the talk, of course, and read the article here. There's also this idea of architectural testing, and this basically allows you to test your code base's architecture. So something like, uh, I want to make sure that every controller has a suffix of controller within this particular namespace or this particular folder, or these all of these methods, uh, sorry, all these properties should be read only, or all the classes should not be final, or uh, they shouldn't extend anything, or they shouldn't implement anything, or they should always implement this. And this basically protects you against weird errors. Like if you could think through, uh, I need like in my state machines talk, for example, each one of the states uh, extended a base uh, invoice class, right? You could write an architectural test that would say each one of the states inside the state machine invoices folder should extend a base invoices state class. Um, And this would protect you from accidentally creating a new state that did not extend that. So really simple. Uh, really cool. Uh, and he uh, Nuno demoed a lot of that on stage and gave some really good examples of how you could use that as well. Last, there's a type coverage plugin. So Pest already offers a coverage flag that allows you to see, uh, and Nuno said this a couple of times, gorgeous reports, <laughs> right? Gorgeous. The output is gorgeous, but give you a gorgeous coverage port on the terminal. So the original one shows you which lines of code are covered by your test. So it's a great way to ensure your tests are covering all your code. But this, this uh, type coverage adds a new built-in type coverage support. So you can now see if your source code is using types in every possible place. I think that's all the explanation that needs, but if you're not using types, think of it like Laristan, right? If you run Laristan and it says, hey, you know, depending on how strict you're running it, uh, with this, you just say, you know, coverage dash, or sorry, dash dash type coverage, and you'll see output showing the locations where you need to add types. And it's pretty cool because it'll tell you what, like if it's a parameter that needs a type added or if it's a return type that needs a type added uh, or whatever it might be. Um, so that's really, really cool. And then lastly, uh, the, ex- the excuse of I don't have time to change over to PEST is no longer valid because there is now a Drift plugin, yeah. which is a Laravel shift-like tool, which allows you to upgrade your PHP unit tests to PEST in a matter of seconds, milliseconds, right? Because it runs straight there mm-hmm. on the command line. Um, so very, very cool. All you have to do is run vendor bin pest dash dash drift, and it'll automatically convert your PHP unit tests to a pest test. So really, really cool stuff. So much blood, sweat, and tears going into this one. Uh, Nuno has been doing a great job on this and super excited for him to have launched this one and have it out there. So congratulations, Nuno. And the Laravel community is so excited to have it. Absolutely. Yeah, I ran the uh, the pest drift on a smaller project of mine the other day just to... Because I'd been meaning to, you know, let's go to PEST, but I just the, didn't want to do it myself. So having having that tooling there, and it just worked right out of the box. I had to shuffle a couple of things around after the fact, but it just gets you there so much quicker. And uh, hopefully yes. more people will be able to experience the joy of PESTing sooner. PESTing. Yes, PESTing. Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Next up, Livewire. Next up, I've been trying so hard to, Next to up, not say it. It's so it funny, just, right? It just happens. Dude, it does. It's good. It's your, it's a signature. It's fine. No, no problem. On the agenda next, <laughs> Livewire <laughs> version 3 beta has been 
released. Live on stage at Laracon, Caleb Pozio released the official version 3 beta, and in his talk, he demoed a ton of new features, some of which we have spoken about on the podcast before. We've covered it all before, and I keep finding myself wanting to go through it each time, and there's just so many different things that I'm not even going to do that this time around. Caleb went through all of it in the talk. You can watch the video. It is on Laravel News right now. We'll have links to it in the show notes. And the other exciting thing is that a brand new website design and domain has Mm. been released. So in addition to all the new features and improvements, the Livewire doc site has been completely redesigned, rebuilt, and rewritten line by line. The new docs are much more thorough than the version 2 docs. They cover each feature in detail and go in depth on how Livewire handles hydration, morphing, nested components under the hood. So definitely check out the entire site as you have time. It's a masterclass on building Livewire v3 apps. And another big announcement that was a bit of a surprise, I thought, from um, Laracon was that the docs are now being moved onto the laravel.com domain. So you can find the v3 documentation at livewire.laravel.com. Quick, tiny comment on Laravel Livewire. So, uh, yeah, livewire.laravel.com, super, super cool. I will say that the, the the Laravel News post does a really good job of summing up in text form what Caleb talked about live. I, I also will say that I have been waiting for Livewire 3 for forever, mm-hmm. like since forever, right? Like he talked about it at Laracon Online last year, and I've been so excited about this for, for you know, Long time. A bunch of really cool stuff. And also, there are attributes. Michael, we're going to turn you around on attributes. Yeah. PHP <laughs> attributes. You're going to love them. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to watch. Love them. I've got to, I've got to rewatch or see all of them. I saw the start of Caleb's talk, but I've got to watch the whole thing through. And uh, maybe I'll be sold on it. You'll love them. Maybe. You will be. You definitely will be. Yeah. I think it's, it's making a turn. I, I was talking to David Hempill and he even likes them now. So, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's I, I something think, big when you've convinced Hempill. Yeah, well, so I think he probably convinced himself, but he, you know, he's he's uh he's on board, and so a lot of other. So anyway, anyway, it's good. Uh, the, if if only lazy was was one of the features in Laravel Livewire, that would have been enough for me. There's so many, you know, mm-hmm. it's enough for me to basically be able to kiss view goodbye for the oh, most part. Sure. I don't really need it anymore. I know, so I'm I'm stoked. Anyway, onward and upward, my friends. Uh, we are going to be talking about native PHP. So. Marcel Postiat native PHP presentation from Laracon US is now live on YouTube. So you can watch Marcel show how you can start writing native applications with PHP and dive deep into the technologies behind writing these native apps. And so he talked through all of this. He showed he showed exactly how it's working under the hood. And so it's basically an Electron app with a native binary embedded in there. It's incredible the amount of effort that has gone into making this API so dang simple. I was talking to him after the fact. And I was like, dude, there's so many things that you expose through your APIs that I didn't even know how to do in Electron natively. Yeah. Like, I didn't know how to make a menu bar app. And now I don't even have to. I don't have to go learn right. in Electron how to make the menu bar app. It's like, I'll just use native PHP and do it that way. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. There's so many amazing things. And I don't, I'm sure you have all these people making stuff on Twitter, just like left and right, like, oh, this is awesome, right? This is super cool. Like I can just pop open my editor and just use everything that I'm used to using. But now I have a native app and I have access to native file system APIs and native all sorts of amazing stuff. So uh, I'm really excited to see what's going to be coming out of the Laravel community in the coming weeks and months and years. 
I've already got a couple of things that we're going to be rewriting that were in Electron before, but very difficult to maintain because it was like nobody, the guy who wrote it, you know, we wrote it with like Node and, and Vue, which was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we went to update it, it was just, it wasn't great. And the build, the building of it was even less great. Yeah. It was just a pain in the butt to do that. And Marcel, just like he does, has just smoothed over all those bumps and inconsistencies and just beautiful APIs and yeah. so nice to work with. So uh, we're definitely going to be rewriting a couple things and probably creating a few new, few new ones. Um, so it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm really excited. Always, always blown away by the quality of the stuff that comes out from Beyond Code, whether it's their their standalone stuff, their open source packages, their paid stuff. I've got you know Tinkerwell and Hello, and um, I'm using Get Sendstack for or Sendstack for Laracon things. It's just all of this stuff is really polished, really easy to use, and and goes the extra mile. But like with with native PHP, it gives you new avenues for errors in your code, even when that code is written by amazing Laravel developers such as yourselves. And when those errors happen, it's nice to know that Honey Badger has your back. Honey Badger makes you a DevOps hero by combining error monitoring, uptime monitoring, and check-in monitoring into a single easy-to-use platform, and they'll send you alerts in real time with all the context needed to see what's causing the error and where it's hiding so you can quickly fix it and get on with your day. The included uptime and cron monitoring also lets you know when your external services are having issues or your background jobs go missing or silently fail. So you can go to honeybadger.io and discover how Star, Josh, and Ben created a 100% bootstrap monitoring solution, which is important because as a self-funded business, it means that answer only to you, the developer, and not to a venture capital overlord. Again, you can check them out at honeybadger.io. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Very nice. Very nice. That was a good transition there. <laughs> It will be interesting to see what the error reporting story is like for these native apps. I assume, you know, because it's just Laravel mm-hmm. inside of some kind of Frankenstein container that it will just work and, you know, these things will end up in your uh, in your Honey Badger dashboard for you to jump on as soon as they come up. Probably updating those things is a bit trickier. You know, if you, if you get an error... I think... If you get well, the thing is, if yeah. you get an error in your web app, you go and find it, you fix it, you deploy it, and then everyone's got the fix. So I don't yep. know. I assume yep. that with these native PHP applications, someone would have to download the update in order to to get that. So yeah, I think uh, that's I think always the may, thing to think of. I don't of. know this for sure. They may have built in some of the updating stuff into this native PHP. I mean, like Marcel has obviously got this sort of figured out this yeah. process of like building apps in Electron and, and allowing them to do updates and things like that. So if it's not built in, it'll probably be some sort of tutorial after the fact for yeah. how to make that happen. For sure. But really, really cool stuff. I want to let you take the next one since you did such a great job on that sponsor read. I would love for you to have the honor of talking about this next one because it's a cool one. All right. So we, I have called this the Taylor files, and this is going to be all of the bits and pieces that came out of Taylor's state of Laravel address at Laracon US. The first thing that we're going to talk about here on the back of native PHP and, and the wonderful team at Beyond Code is a new project called Laravel Herd. For those of you who haven't, seen herd have been living under a rock without internet etc laravel herd is a blazingly fast native laravel and php development environment for mac os no windows no linux just mac os it includes everything you need to start laravel development it includes php and nginx where php is bundled in as a static binary 
as part of this, you know, one-click installer. So once you install Herc, you're ready to start developing with Laravel. You can easily migrate from Laravel Valet to Herd. It will detect that you've got Valet installed. It will ask if you want to migrate all your preferences. You can stop Valet. It is non-destructive. If you install Herd and are using it and then you find it doesn't fit your you know, exact requirements, if you need to install an extension or something else that you can't do necessarily with Herd, you can stop Herd and you can go back to using Valet. So it's super easy to use them interchangeably if you need to. But Laravel Herd is a native macOS application, so it doesn't work with Windows or Linux, as I mentioned, and it uses static binaries, as I mentioned, and comes with a lot of PHP extensions that should fit most projects, which includes internationalization, um, SQLite for MySQL support only at the moment. Postgres should be coming in the next little while. Um, it's got all the extensions that you might need for a Laravel application, curl, OpenSSL, BC Math, Calendar, PDO, Session, all of it. There's a whole list of stuff. Valet is not going away. Matt Stauffer tweeted, uh, in short, that the answer is no. Currently, Herd is using a fork of Laravel Valet and will soon be powered by Valet. So I assume secret squirrel business was happening. There was a fork of Valet. They made changes they need, that they needed to in order to support working in Herd. And then, you know, now that it's out in public, they can merge that back and 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 go there um, and do all the things that need to be done. So very simple. It's got a lot of lot of the same features. Well, it's got all of the same sort of functionality as Valet. You can do SSL. You can do multiple PHP versions. You can, you know, say specific mm-hmm. folders, can use specific versions of PHP. You can, you know, specify different folders that you want to use. It's got Expose built in so you can share your local development environments with people if you need to do that um, for any testing and review and whatever else purposes. So definitely check it out. It's at Webhooks or anything like that. Yeah, yep. everything. Everything is is all there. So I I installed it on my personal MacBook immediately. Um, my my work one, I had to wait a little bit because I was using some extensions that are not available. Um, but it turns out that I can use them anyway if I needed to. So that's that's okay. But yeah, you can check it all out at herd, H-E-R-D dot Laravel dot com. Yeah, awesome stuff. And um, I also have been using it and I was really gl- grateful that I didn't have to uninstall anything. It just worked. Just works mm-hmm. great. And so installed it, took over for valet and migrated all my valet stuff over to its settings and ta-da, bing, bang, boom, done. I also was just looking at it and in my um and it displayed a little icon on my desktop uh or on my on my menu bar. It had a little exclamation point on it and it was like, Hey, there's a newer version of PHP eight dot two that's out. Do you want to install it? Yes. Go. So just boop, push the install button, it installed, updated it, and there oh, we go. Hey, I got the same oh, little so bo- nice. the same little thing. So so nice. Look at that. Isn't that cool? Update. No Bang. problems. No brew. No linking and unlinking. None of that garbage. Perfect. Speaking of magic, Folio was another project that was released. And so this is automatic file and directory-based routing system inside of Laravel. So it gives you a pages directory. And when one of those pages is hit from the URL, it automatically loads. Uh, so to use this feature... All you have to do is you tell Laravel where, where your pages... Well, first of all, you install it. You install Laravel Folio. Uh, but then you tell Laravel where your pages are located by defining them in the bootstrap app.php file. Uh, we have application configure with routing. And then you have your web, your commands, your pages. Taylor also talked about some Laravel 11 stuff where they're going to be replacing some of the service providers and those items and kernels with different config files instead. It's... It's a bit more than what I want to, you know, take this outside of, but just suffice it to say, if you look at the this 
page here on Laravel News, it'll it'll make more sense. But in any case, in your routing, you say the pages should be found here. And then you specify the directory where your pages are located. So for example, if you had a static site with an index page and an about page, your URLs would be something like site.com, site.com slash about. And what these would map to is an index.blade.php file and an about.blade.php file. And that's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to set up routing at that point. You just in that page's location, you put your index and you put your about page. And when somebody hits that location, it just routes to those blade files and you're done. That's amazing. It also supports wildcards in your page names, which allows dynamic allows for dynamic routing. So if you were going to be displaying a list of, <clears throat> let's say that you had a database that had a list of the talks that were going to be happening at Laracon AU, you could say talks slash, and then in square brackets, you could put talk, or sorry, you'd probably put something like id.blade.php. And what would happen then is that uh, page would get the instance or the ID that was passed to that particular location. So users slash the ID, or talk, we said talks, talks slash ID, the page would get that ID variable. So then how do you use that variable? Well, inside of your blade file at the top, you can declare, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you can declare a directive that says PHP, so at PHP, and then you have a block and then end PHP. So anything that's between PHP and end PHP is just regular PHP. It gets executed on the page and you can use that inside of your blade template. So in this case, we could say dollar sign talks equals talk colon colon find or fail and then they use that id that was passed in and then you can utilize that talk database item that was returned inside of your blade file so there's that there's also um multiple wildcard routes i don't remember exactly why he called it but basically if you had something like you know laricon.au slash speakers slash star slash talks slash star or something like that right all the scoped bindings you got it scoped bindings exactly Mm -hmm. right and so it will use that uh to make sure that the talk that you're trying to view belongs to the user that you specified previously or further back in the url it just does that automatically for Mm -hmm. you so this is incredible uh really really cool makes it a lot easier to create sites that just have some you know not necessarily just static values Right, But uh, and this was not something that we've talked about yet or we have on the list. But I remember when I saw this for the first time, I was like, dang. I was like, what if you could pull in a live wire component into this page? Then it would be completely reactive and it could still do all the routing for you and everything. And Nuno looked at me. He was sitting next to Nuno and he did this. You can't see what I'm doing, but I'm putting my finger up to my mouth right now. And he was like, shh. And he just pointed at the screen and said, watch. Like, don't. Well, he just said, don't say anything. Just watch the demo. You know what I mean? It's like, I put so much work into this. I, I hear what you're saying. Please just watch the demo. Don't talk right now. And so we did. And what do you know? You can. You can put LiveWire components inside of a Laravel uh, Folio page. And this is what's called Volt, Laravel Volt. Now, it's not on our list to talk about, but there is some uh, other directives that you can use and some functions that you can import into the page that expose LiveWire functionality right inside of these single page components, I guess you could call them really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what I'd call them, but this this page is just your about.php, your about.blade.php, right? You can, you can basically hook into the page using LiveWire mm-hmm. right at the top of the page inside of those PHP blocks doing some imports and all sorts of cool stuff. So anyway, I'm sure we'll talk be talking about that later. We don't have an article for it yet, so I don't have a place to point you other than to say that I believe the demo or the talk for it was either released today or is being released tomorrow. So by the time this podcast comes out, you'll have the video. So go check it out. Excellent. Next up, 
I don't know anything of the state of Laravel 11, but it is now scheduled to be released. Sorry, it's not scheduled to be released until the end of the year, but some new features have been shared out and Taylor goes through some big new improvements in his Laracon keynote. So the main things, or maybe all of the things, but the main things that Eric has chosen to put into this article is a streamlined directory structure. So based on the beta preview, which may change between now and when it's released, controllers no longer extend anything by default. Now, if you, whenever you use the artisan make controller command, it will create your controller and then it'll say, you know, whatever controller extends controller. And that base controller is just there to, you know, give you authorization stuff, middleware, or by default. All of this stuff can be implemented using traits if you wanted to. So you can be very specific about the things that your controllers do or don't implement. There is no reason other than that for your controllers to implement that. And in in a lot of my projects, I'll remove that default controller that ships with Laravel and update the, the controller stub to not extend from controller. The controllers, believe it or not, will work without that extension. So there's nothing special or magical about them. Um, there's no more middleware directory. Laravel includes nine middleware and many more you would never customize. So these are now all hoisted up into the framework. And if you need to customize them, you can do so from your app service provider. For example, you could say encrypt cookies, accept, and then sort of target these things directly. So more detail will be in the video. It will make much more sense. Um, there's no more HTTP kernel.php file. Most of the things that you used to do in that file, you can now do in the bootstrap slash app file. So configuring providers, configure routing, configuring with middleware and things like that. Model casts are now defined as a method instead of as a property. So when defined as a method, you can do other things like call other methods directly from the casts. Um, so within the context of protected dollar cast equals array, you can't do anything that involves calculation, running closures or anything like that. Whereas making it a protected method on your models allows you to do all kinds of extra things. You could you could resolve things. For example, an enum collection, you can then say, you know, this value is an enum collection of and then a specific thing, which you can't do. You know, you can't call as enum collection colon colon of right. on a property. So, you know, it gives you a little yeah. bit more flexibility, a bit more power in those things as well. So nice, nice little change coming there. Laravel has a lot of config files and Laravel 11 removes these and all options will cascade down from the framework. So the environment file has been expanded to include all of the options that you'd want to set. And this is paired with a new config publish command. So you can bring back those config files if you want to, and then modify them. And even with bringing them back, the new cascade feature allows you to remove every option you don't want to customize. And everything would just kind of fall back up to, to the framework version. So there's some config merging going on there. So instead of having to duplicate everything, you know, if you only wanted to override one value, because everything's now environment based, you can just update that one value in the environment file and you don't have to worry about having the entire rest of the configuration file there. And then Laravel will handle merging all the options with the framework defaults. And then, you know, when you push to production, you do your config cache, it will slope all that up and, and resolve it all for you as it needs to be. When you start a new Laravel app, it comes with some default migrations from 2014 and 2019. These will now come with dates removed and moved into just two files instead of three or four. I think it is in the in the default migration. So that's nice. Um, by default, there will now only be two route files, console.php and web.php. APR routes will now come via an opt-in artisan install API command, giving you the API routes file and Laravel Sanctum 
The same with WebSocket Broadcasting happens if you use PHP out as an install broadcasting. The console kernel is also being removed and you'll be able to instead define your console commands right in routes slash console.php if you want that. And this is an early That's decision. a big one, by the way. Yeah. It's removing that? I think console kernel being removed. Yeah. The console like kernel being no removed. Like there's no kernel.php for console, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, so like this, where, where do you put your scheduled items, right? Because console.php routes slash console.php mm. previously used to be for like one-off console commands, right? But now you put all of your scheduled commands right inside there too. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sure more will come up when that happens. There'll be documentation. Uh, the the last thing, PHP 8.2 will be the minimum supported version for Laravel 11, which was an early decision by the, the Laravel team. So if you're running on an older version of PHP, now is a good time to get that upgraded. By the time Laravel 11 comes out at the end of the year, I assume PHP 8.3 will be out or very close to being released. So 8.2 is already on its way to being a dodo. But that's it. These are all the features that are considered beta for Laravel 11 and are designed to improve our collective workflows. Things can and probably will change and we'll keep everyone updated through the podcast and the relevant uh, communication channels from Laravel and from Laravel News. Indeed. I mean, this is a big one. There's a lot of changes happening here that are going to be interesting and a little bit jarring for people, I think. There's some of them that are, I don't, I don't dislike any of them. Honestly, I really don't. Um, the removing of the HTTP kernel and the console kernel will just be a little bit of an adjustment. That's all it is. So in the bootstrap slash app, being able to modify that now to to do things that, with, that you would normally do in your kernel, I'm going to have to look that up for a while. Be like, oh, that's where I used to do that HTTP stuff. Okay, I'm going to have to do that somewhere else now. All right. It'll just be some migration, which will be interesting. The config changes is a big one as well. So all those config changes, all those config files being gone. And, you know, if I'm being honest, there was really only ever a couple I modified anyway. Yeah. It was file systems was one I modified always. Database, typically I modified as well to make sure that I had an in-memory database I could use. Or sometimes a testing database, you know, that I would that I would use in there as well. So file systems for sure. And then um, let's see, the other one might have been... I would usually do app.php, update the time zone. And then there was one more, dang it all. Oh, auth, auth.php. I had mm-hmm. a couple changes there. But the beautiful beautiful part about this is like, even if you still, even if you modify those things and that's, you know, you still need those configs, it's fine. The benefit is that you don't have to include all the options that you don't care about. They are just, they're the defaults. So you just don't include them. Don't have to worry about it. And what that does is that makes upgrading to newer versions of Laravel so much easier. Talking to Jason McCurry, this is one of the biggest pains in the butt in upgrading Laravel apps is trying to figure out all the config changes that people made on their own yeah. that conflict with the changes that Laravel made in the config files. And so this will actually be really nice for when you're trying to do an upgrade. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be much better, much easier. So that's good news. That's good news. All right, let me get to the next item on the list, which is... State of Laravel 2023. Watch Taylor Otwell's State of Laracon, Laravel keynote from Laracon. So this is uh, where he talked about the items that we've been talking about here. Folio, Herd, Volt, Laravel 11, and more. Uh, you can actually see the talk. It is all out there for you to view. And then also we've got the Laracon recap. So let me just talk about that real quick. Just a quick overview of all the things that were released or done uh, there at Laracon 2023 in U.S. Nashville. 
Fantastic week of product releases, training, inspiration, and meeting new and old friends. One big announcement for the conference is that Eric Barnes is now going full-time on Laravel News starting in September. Congratulations, Eric. Way to go, way to go. So me and Michael are uh, drumming up any sponsors that we're, 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 we're trying to find some. You know what I mean? More money for uh, Eric. He's That's going right. full-time. So if you've, if you've been on the fence about sponsoring, now is the time. We would love to have your support for Eric and for the show as well. Um, so come on over. We, the water's fine. We'd love to have you as a sponsor on the show. Uh, so Eric is going to be dedicating more time to the site and the weekly Laravel newsletter. So congratulations, Eric. So the first one that we talked about was Pest's Spicy Summer Release. Awesome uh, one there. Laravel Prompts was done by Jess Acha. Jess, just for you. She had me say her name for, for her when she was there at the conference. She said, how do you say my name again? I said, Jess Acha. She said, yeah, that's right. So funny. <laughs> I talked to the, I talked to a couple of the other Australians. And I said I always feel so bad doing it because it's such like an over. It's just like a stupid. And they're like, no, no, no. It's funny. It's funny. You <laughs> keep doing it. I was like, okay, okay. I didn't feel too bad. Um, and then Tim, Tim, uh, you know, taught me some new Australian. We're not playing for uh, sheep stations. So that was a good one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've ever used that before, but I like Tim. Know the phrase, but it's not really one that we use. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Anyway, back to the back to the news here. Jess Archer demoed Laravel prompts, which I've got to say is so freaking cool. I it's like everything. It was the same thing. I like multiple times during these talks. I was like, that's really good. But do you know what would be better? And then the next thing they were showing was that that better thing, right? Like, oh, that's so cool. But what if it did this? Oh, that's yeah. they're doing that next. Oh, it yeah. does that. Oh, yeah. so cool. So if you've ever needed to do anything on the command line, like if you've ever needed to prompt users for input on the command line, I'll say. This is the coolest package. It makes it so much better than it ever has been. And it looks like a real, like it looks like a web page. It looks like, that's the only way I can describe it. Like you have an actual input box. You can do selects. You can do multi-selects. You can do validation. You can do placeholders. You can do everything that you would normally do with a regular input. She has somehow with some amazing wizardry figured out how to put that on the command line. It's incredible. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's really just super cool. And not only that, but in the new sort of like Laravel make, or sorry, artisan, let's see, what is it? PHP artisan make command. Mm -hmm. It will ask you, it will like guide you through the things, the options. Like, what do you want to make? Oh, you want to make a model? Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you want? Do you want a migration as well? Yes, I would. Do you want a factory? Yes, I would like a factory. Do you want a controller? Yes. What kind of controller would you like? Would you like a resourceful controller? Would you like, well, I want this type of controller. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. It, and so all those options that you'd have to go look for, like dash M, dash F, dash whatever, all that, no longer. Don't need that anymore. PHP is an artisan make model. And it's going to ask you in a very beautiful interface, what exactly do you want to do? Oh, wow. it's so gorgeous. Jess killed it. Such a good job, Jess. I hope you're listening to this. You were amazing. One of my favorite talks, honestly, for I, sure. So I expect good. nothing less from my Australian career. She's great. She was great. Okay. Laravel Volt and Laravel Folio. So we talked about those already. Really cool additions. The, the nice part I want to talk about with this is you don't have to, like with Folio, it's not an all or nothing thing. You can do it just for part of your app, right? You can just have a pages directory mm-hmm. that just routes certain parts of your application. Um, so really, really cool directory-based routing system. It's a nice, I love it. Nice um, developer story as well. Where previously, if you wanted to have just some static pages in your application, you'd have to go and create the the view file, and then go and create the route view to that view file, and you know it was just that extra step. So being able to just 
create a folder there four pages and you know vault knows these are the things that i need to look for and you've got about in there or contact or support or whatever else that you don't need to be dynamic and it's all just going to work out of the box and it kind of gives you the best of both worlds in your laravel application with you know fully dynamic things and crud apps and forms and whatever else but also just these static pages that will just work without any extra right. overheads right and so Correct. that's a yeah. really nice addition and sort of I guess, borrowed from, inspired by, you know, all the static side generators out there, but things like, you know, Nuxt and Next and whatever other Uxts that are out there yep. in the JavaScript ecosystem. So it's it's nice to see that we get that kind of stuff. More more reasons to kind of really just stick with PHP because, yeah, you know, it's the same with the Livewire and Inertia thing. You know, if you know PHP and you've always been a, a PHP developer and you're comfortable with PHP and you don't want to bring in all the tooling and all the extra stuff or you don't know JavaScript or don't want to learn JavaScript, you just want to get something done, Laravel makes it super simple to just get it done. Yep. Yep, exactly. It's so simple. I will also say one of the concerns I had with when looking about at Volt was like, well, yeah, but how do you test that stuff? Oh, no, no, They had that figured out. I'm telling you, like every time I was like, how do you do that? Oh, no, that was the next slide. Like literally. Oh, ye of so little good. faith. I know, I know, right? So yeah, you can put Livewire in those Folio pages and then you can just test them using like, I think it's like, I, I can't remember if it's like Volt colon colon and then you pass the route in or something like that. Mm -hmm. Some some crazy wizardry, amazingness. Really, really Beautiful. cool. Talked about Laravel Heard already extensively. Livewire 3, awesome job. Caleb, he launched it live on stage, pushed a button and deployed everything. Pretty cool. It's in beta right now, I think, still. So be aware of that. If you're just trying to pull down Dev Master, you're not going to see it. You have to tag or pull down a tag of beta or something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly. So FYI. Uh, native PHP and then Laravel Precognition. Tim also did a great job talking about how we can make sure that our validation serves not only our developers, right, to make sure that we're not getting crap data, but how do we serve our users well, right? Because developers hate validation, but you know who hates validation even more? Your users, they mm -hmm. hate validation because usually it's garbage, right? And so he talked about um, the, he basically made this table where he's like, Green is the things that are handled. Red is the things that are not handled. And black is the things that you have to do yourself. And so he showed like, here's one way to do validation. It showed like five different ways. And at the end, it was like, here's how you can use precognition to make this like, you know, just incredible. And it really was really, really well done. So how do we make validation really great for our users? Tim did an awesome job at that. Okay, that's most of the stuff that we had to talk about today. I think my talk is going to be coming out hopefully in the next couple of days here. I'm pretty excited to see it. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I gave it. I just haven't seen it yet. So I'm excited to be able to see that. And then Eric had some fun videos and uh, pictures on his Instagram page as well. And of course, there was all the people who went to Laracon just gushing all over Twitter about how much fun it was. Sorry, is it still Twitter? Gushing on X. X. About how much fun it was and all that good stuff. Yeah, whatever. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> okay, Michael, anything else I need to say before we wrap this one up? No, that's it. I'm I'm glad we we kept this episode to just the Laracon stuff because that was, there was, oh, a yeah. lot. There was a lot to get through. There was, there was, and it's almost, it's after one o'clock now, AM. Mm -hmm. So I've got to, I got to get rolling here. Go so sleep. this was episode 196. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Laravel dash news, sorry, podcast.laravel dash news.com slash 196 for show notes. We'd love it if you rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be amazing. If you're not subscribed, please do so. Hit us up on Twitter at Michael, Dorinda, Jacob Bennett, or at Laravel News. Thanks so much, folks. It's been fun hanging out with you. See you next time. Bye. -bye.